Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I'm in a storm. I don't see how I'm going to make it. Oh, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. God is preparing you for what He's preparing for you. He's doing a work in you in order to do a work through you. That's how it works. That's how God works. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will encourage you that just like Paul was afraid for his life, it's okay to be afraid in the midst of your trials, but don't give up. Keep your eyes focused on God. Pastor J.D. will explain that through the tough times in your life, God is preparing you so He can do a good work through you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Why would this angel say to Paul, do not be afraid, if Paul wasn't afraid? And this is the apostle Paul we're talking about. I mean, as we've gotten to know him through our studies of the epistles, one thing that's become abundantly clear is that this man was immovable. This man was fearless. I mean, I think about when he was in Lystra. And they tried to stone him to death. In fact, they thought they had killed him, left him for dead. And God, as only he can, says, no, your your time's not up yet. I'm not through with you. You still have many more things you're going to do. I have much more work for you. And the Apostle Paul gets up after being left for dead, And he goes right back into Lystra. Listen, (laughs) if that's me, I can take a hint. I am not welcome here. (laughs) You tried to kill me here. I'm not going back into the city. I'm shaking all the sand off of my feet, and I'm leaving now. Thank you very much. But not Paul. He goes right back in. So this is a man that's courageous. This is a man that's fearless. But in this storm, he's lost all of his courage. He's full of fear. And here the Lord sends this messenger and says to him, Paul, I know you're afraid. I know you think you're not going to make it through this. Don't be afraid. And here's why. I gave you my word, and now it seems that I need to remind you that you must stand trial before Caesar. Now he's sharing this with all of them. Imagine the relief when they hear this. They still have to have the belief, but let's start with the relief. 
Here's this guy, and then they know there's something different about this guy. Make no mistake about it, his reputation preceded him. These Roman guards knew who Paul was. Are you kidding me? And so for him to stand up, consider the source. He's got credibility, if you will. And for him to say what he says the way he says it, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Yeah, we heard about your God, Paul. We've seen what God has done in your life and through your life, Paul. So you've got my attention. What did he say to you? Well, first he told me, do not be afraid. And I'm telling you, do not be afraid, because God is going to get me to the other side of this thing. (laughs) And I have to stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. He did? Wait, so the angel of the God that you serve and to whom you belong has told you, sent an angel with a message for you that you are going to stand trial before Caesar, which means you're going to survive this, but he also said that he has given you all of our lives as well. Yeah. I'd like to know a little bit more about this God. Because prior to you standing up and telling us this, we were all dead men. We were all goners. So he goes on, verse 25, and he says, Keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will will happen just as he told me. Wow. Well, you know the rest of the story, right? It's an amazing account. And I'm so grateful to the Lord that it was preserved and recorded for us in the canon of Scripture. How many a saint over the ages has been so encouraged and comforted by this account of what happened to Paul? They do lose the ship, but not one man is lost. I would suggest that Paul could not have known what God had waiting for him on the other side of this perilous storm. I truly believe that he had no idea of the number of people that would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, all because Paul went through that storm. In other words, were it not for the storm, there were many that would have never been saved. I would even argue that many of those men on that ship, I mean, if I'm not a believer in Jesus Christ on that ship, and this happens exactly as Paul said it would, I mean, When they crashed there on the island of Malta, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm kissing the shore. I'm kissing the (laughs) sand. Thank you. I'm getting saved right there on the spot. In fact, 
I probably would have gotten saved before the ship crashed and wrecked. Here's the thing. If Paul had not been shipwrecked again, the islanders on Malta, where they would end up on their way to Rome, this was not on their itinerary. I like how one said it, sometimes God directs our steps and our stops. God will redirect us, and the only way He can redirect us is to allow the storm. Let's be honest. You know, when our lives are comfortable, things are going well, we're good. Praise the Lord. But see, God has a problem, if I can say it that way. God doesn't have problems, but I mean, we're His problem. (laughs) Maybe that's a better way to say it. See, God has a problem. He has uh, people over here that He wants to reach. And He's looking for someone. His eyes are searching to and fro throughout the earth, as the prophet spoke to King Asa. He's looking, he's doing a search throughout the earth, and he's looking for hearts that are fully devoted to him, fully committed to him. But the problem is, is that you're just a little bit too content there, and maybe a little bit too comfortable there. So how am I going to get you over here? (laughs) Oh, I know. I'm going to send a storm. You know, you've heard it said that God comforts the afflicted, but have you also heard it said that He also afflicts the comfortable? Listen, how's God going to get you from point A to point B if you're too comfortable in point A? You're not even considering point B. So He has to disrupt point A, and all of a sudden you're going, God, what are you doing? Oh! I got your attention now, don't I? Yes! (laughs) This is, why are you allowing me to, you have no idea. I think about when Jesus sent the disciples into the boat, onto the Sea of Galilee, knowing full well that the storm was going to hit. He was going to get them to the other side. Um, For Paul, (laughs) in this storm, God had bigger plans. Oh, he's going to get to Rome. He's going to stand before Caesar, and oh, by the way, there are going to be those in Caesar's household that are going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, because Paul made it there. But on the way there, so too with these islanders on Malta. It's really kind of a humorous account of how it all goes down. They get there on the shore, and what does Paul do? He, you know, helps build the fire. I mean, I'm I'm so exhausted by this time. I'm just laying there on the beach, just thankful to be on the shore, surviving the storm, but not Paul. He gets right up, he's stoking the fire, and what happens? A viper just, I mean, out of the fire, fixes itself, 
to Paul's arm. (laughs) Now you have to understand, I just survived this storm and this shipwreck again, and God told me I would, but also God told me that I was going to stand trial before Caesar. I'm not in Rome yet, I'm still on the island of Malta. So, Mr. Viper, right? So what does he do? He takes that thing and he just shakes it off. Now when the viper fixes itself to Paul's arm, the islanders are going, they've seen this before. They deal with these vipers all the time. And they thought for sure, this man has received his justice. He he escaped the ship, but now judgment has come upon him for his crimes. Imagine their surprise when, this is what I call an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? How fitting, how appropriate. So he shakes the snake off, and then they go to the opposite extreme. They're like, oh my goodness, this man is a god. No, he's not. (laughs) But he serves the God that allowed him to survive that storm, that shipwreck, and this deadly snake bite from a viper. That was certain death. In fact, they waited for, they waited for him to swell up and just fall over and you know, foam at the mouth and die. That's what happens. And then when it didn't happen, I, I just kind of imagined them just kind of, kind of you know, standing there, just kind of, all right, yeah, he's going to get his. And then it doesn't happen. And they're still waiting. And it doesn't happen. And then he starts talking to them about why it didn't happen. And they all get saved. All because of this storm. I want to say something, and I, I say it, on the authority of God's Word, consistent with God's character, and from my own personal experience in my walk with Jesus Christ. If you're in a storm, in a trial today, I, on the authority of God's Word, promise you and assure you, you are going to make it through to the other side. You'll forgive me for the silliness with which I say this, but I cannot find one time in God's Word when there was a storm and they didn't make it to the other side. Could you imagine? Jesus sends them into the boat, onto the Sea of Galilee, go to the other side, I will meet you on the other side, and then out of nowhere comes this storm 
And they all perish. The end. Chapter 5. Again, you'll forgive the silliness with which I say that, but it's true. Yes, God has allowed the storm, but you're going to make it. Yeah, Pastor, I mean, the pain is unbearable. The medication does not work anymore. The cancer is spreading. It doesn't look good. My wife, my husband, after all these years of marriage, has just told me that they can't do it anymore. My son, my daughter, they're so out there, they want nothing to do with God, they want nothing to do with me. And I fear for them so. And it's like the more I pray for them, the worse they get. I'm in a storm. I don't see how I'm going to make it. Oh, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. God is preparing you for what He's preparing for you. He's doing a work in you in order to do a work through you. That's how it works. That's how God works. Here's the bottom line. We all have an ending to the letter of our Christian lives, and that ending can only be written vis-a-vis the storms of life. I wish there were another way. Isaiah says that he chooses and uses the furnace of affliction to refine us. I was reading in my devotionals this last week, one of those quotes that I just absolutely hate. (laughs) I can say that way. Is that bad? Basically goes like this. God will find someone who's impossible to do the impossible by crushing him, by breaking him. You know what a a life is with no storms, no rain, sunshine, oh sunny days, every day, all day. You know what they call that? A barren desert. You know, one of the things that has always struck me is that the non-believer, like the household of Caesar, the islanders there on Malta, they're watching us. We've professed to them that we are Christians, right? So (laughs) they're watching our lives. Okay, you call yourself a Christian. And they're asking themselves two questions about your Christianity. They want to know, number one, is it real? Are you the real deal? 
And number two, perhaps more importantly, they want to know if it works. And here's the thing, they want it to work. They watch you go through the same trials in your life as a Christian, and they see you coming out on the other side of it with more perseverance, more patience, more compassion, more humility, more love, more kindness, more gentleness. I can go on and on, because that's what God does in and through the storm. See, He has to do that work in us so that He can do that work through us. And those people are watching us. And they want it to work, because if it works for you, then there's hope for them. If you were to ask me what I thought was the number one thing that people want and need and cry out for in watching our lives, it's for hope. It's been said that man can live X number of days without food and Y number of days without water, but you can't live even eight seconds without hope. This is our hope. And they're reading the letter of our lives. How does your letter read? How does my letter read? Listen to what Paul writes to the Corinthians in his second epistle, and I'll close. Chapter 3, verse 3, he says, You show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, listen, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Paul could write at the end of this letter to this church after that storm, as if to say, I made it. I survived it. Not only did I survive it, look what God did as a result of it. He did that which He could not otherwise do had it not been for the storm. The storm had to come. It had to be a perilous storm. God allowed it. And look what God did because of it. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to encourage you to continue studying the book of Philippians on your own. Spend time today in God's Word, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal something new about your Savior as you read. The Bible is filled with promises and lessons that apply to you right now, even though it was written long ago. You'll always benefit from time spent in Scripture. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Philippians 2, you can find them online at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to make this a priority. A church family can be a source of support and encouragement, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. 
This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. Farag. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor JD's Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all the time we have for now. Thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true to 